Uh, hi everyone, my name is Michael Briggs and I'm the Head of Engagement at the EMA and today I'm lucky enough to be joined by John Bradbury and I'll get John to introduce himself but um, this is a series where we're going to talk about business issues and we're not going to shy away from anything. We want to get into the nitty gritty, want to talk about the, the good, the bad and the ugly and today I think it's we're talking about the good and um, I'll let John explain more but we're going to talk about dynamic workplaces and John's got an extensive background in HR. John, can you please introduce yourself and we'll, we'll get into it. Sure. Thanks very much, Michael. I'm really pleased to be talking about this because it's such a big issue in, at the moment in the workplace. Um, I mean, my background is really uh, starting off as an HR generalist um, in the UK um, and uh, working in consultancy on a, on a range of issues with organisations. At the moment, I work for the EMA as in the people experience team and really very much about helping our members uh, to do the right thing by their people, to grow their people in order to grow their businesses. Brilliant. So I'm a businessman. Should I understand what dynamic workplace means? Ah, yes. Well, like a lot of HR, it's perhaps another, another bit of jargon that we've, we've created. But the intention with any jargon is, is really to um, help people understand what we're talking about rather than to mystify it. Um, in this case, it's really about the fact that there's so many different frames about the way of working that are going around that are perhaps new to people that we wanted to get a term that sort of encapsulated everything. Correct. So you may have heard of hybrid working. You may have heard of remote working. You may hear about people working from home. You may have heard about the four-day working week. Yes. So these are all things that are about um, taking a fresh look at the place and time and how we do work um, rather than perhaps moving back to what we were doing in January 2020. Great. So if you had to describe dynamic workplace in one line, what would be what would be the takeaway here? Well, I think with the dynamic workplaces, by, by looking at it, it, it enables you to take a fresh look and say, what are my business priorities and what are the best way of best way of achieving them through people? Great, great, great. So there's a lot of talk right now about the four-day work week, um, and I understand there's a big trial going on in the UK. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, the four-day work week is a, is a really interesting trial that's happened on a very large scale. And, um, you know, although there's a lot of talk about what's happening in the UK there, big drivers for it in New, in New Zealand originally. Mm -hmm. And we've had some some really good research coming out of New Zealand, the headline work with Perpetual Guardian. Yeah. Um, and the work they've done very successfully. Really, the idea idea there is to say, hey, what about if we actually try to do all the work that we currently do over five days, but actually did it in four days? And so the idea is we're working 80% of the time, but we're still getting 100% of the 100% of the result. Right. So you're not talking 12-hour days here, four days a week. You're just talking four days a week, same hours, same pay, and same amount of output. That's exactly right, Michael. Right. It's a really inter interesting model, and it's it's very good that we get it really clear that's what it is. Because there have been some versions of it uh, that I've seen that have involved exactly that the the first. Uh, model that you described where people working much longer days uh, in order to get a day off and right. that doesn't necessarily give all the benefits that the the four-day work week movement is trying to get for businesses and all okay. people so i'm going to ask the question i know you're all thinking about seriously john does this work how can you ask someone to work a day less a week and produce the same i mean 
what, you know, is there research on this? Is is this is this like an untested idea? Like, where where are we at with it in New Zealand? Yeah, I I, I think it's very right for people to have a healthy scepticism about it, and I think like a lot of things without being well managed, um, the results will be 80% of the result for 80% of the effort. <laughs> but what we're talking about here is 100% of the effort, but over 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, what the research is, is is helping us to identify is what are the things that help organisations to achieve that, to get the real benefits and make sure that the disbenefits are, are minimised. So okay. the sort of things organisations do would be to make sure that very killer agreements are reached about what are going to be, what are going to be the outputs. Okay. And, you know, this goes back to fundamental goal setting theory and practice. Um, and certainly the results so far have been positive, but right. it's all about learning and making sure that we can get those processes to work for organizations. Brilliant. So what you're not, you're not saying, let's just work four days a week and it'll all work itself out. What you're saying is you're working four days a week, but a business will have to make fundamental changes to how they operate for this to really to really work. That's that's absolutely it. So okay. it's a real sort of rethink. I mean, it's not just about those those numbers and about the time and the place. It's about really making sure that we're giving really good attention to what are the things that are productive and worthwhile in the workplace, and perhaps where is where is there some wastage and downtime, and how do how do we remove that? Okay, great. Now, is this just a knee jerk reaction to COVID lockdowns where people are just saying, "I don't want to go back to work"? Um. There has been an element of that, certainly. I think there's a there's a little bit where you've got um, there's a reaction to an immediate circumstance. I mean, we fell into a lot of these things like four day working weeks, hybrid working because of COVID. It was a response to a an emergency, a situation. Um, but um, I think it's about going going beyond there and making sure that we're not just reacting to something. We're doing it in a very thoughtful, purposeful way with clear objectives and outcomes set at the beginning. Good. And so like you mentioned well-being um, in the very early on in this conversation, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, that's um, that's something that's really at the forefront of most people's minds, both employers and employees. Yes. How do you see this benefiting well-being overall for both managers and employees and the country and economy? Yeah, that, that, that that's really interesting because the well-being one is a, is an area that really well illustrates this point about when um, these changes in work practice are done well, you can get benefits in terms of well-being, which which really starts at the individual level, leads to the organisation benefiting, leads leads to the country benefiting. Where it's where it's done badly, the the reverse happens. Okay. Um, to give you an example of that, um, I, I was talking to a tech company recently. Um, and they they talked about the fact that you know they'd rolled into or sort of knee jerked in, into uh, people working from home, and th- and that had continued. And and what they found was that was a problem for them is that people were replying to emails at eleven o'clock at night or much later, um, and they re- they really said well. We actually don't necessarily want you to do that. We need you to think about when it is when it is you're working, where you're working, and start to manage your manage your working hours. Because what we believe will happen is if you carry on doing that because you're enthusiastic and passionate about your job, you're going to crash and burn. Right. So we're going to short term benefit, but not a long term benefit, and that's for you as well as us as an organisation. Okay, well, look, it's it's a really interesting concept, and I mean, I'm thirsty no more, and I, and I think the the audience will. Be as well. So a couple of quick questions. Now, we are likely heading into a recession. 
um, which you know is only it's two quarters of a, of a decrease in, in the GDP. So um, we don't know yet. This is this is this recording's happening before this, so I'm not a prophet if we get it right. But we need to um, we need to increase our productivity in this country. Now, is the timing of a dynamic workplace is it the wrong time to to help the country do that, or is is the goal not to maintain productivity but actually to increase it? in a shorter time period, which seems like wizardry to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly what, what we're aiming to do is increase productivity. Um, but I think I think with that, what we're trying to do is take a long-term view and make sure that whatever it is that people are doing is geared towards ensuring that they're, they're able to continue to work and continue to uh, deliver value for their, for their organisation. So um, I, I certainly think that the, the possible uh, economic situation you talk you you talk about coming, I think that's definitely definitely on on the horizon. Um, but I, I think this represents um, a way of making sure that as an organisation you're actually very well prepared for that and able to use your workforce to get most effective results during that time. Great, great. And so, look, I want to go back to something you said earlier about refining processes. Um, I read a scary statistic the other day. Um, it was based on an American survey, so you know it may not equate to New Zealand, but they said around up to 51% of, uh, of an employee's day can be wasted on unnecessary emails and meetings. So even if we eliminated that alone, that would mean that you could do three days a week and still probably do as much as you're doing now, but we just stop doing the things we shouldn't be doing. Is that is that kind of part of the dynamic workforce movement? Well, I mean, they said they, certainly one of the things that we very much would encourage people to look at is about meetings culture. Um, there's There's been some very good evidence that if what you do in your organisation is remove all recurring um, meetings from people's calendars and then rely on them to put them back in at, when, when they, when, as they're needed, that you see that deduction in, in meeting time, which leads to greater productivity because usually meetings serve an important purpose in sort of collaboration, uh, sharing sharing information, but they actually often, we often find they get in the way of actually getting the work done. Fair enough. Like It's a very, very interesting thing. And look, it seems like a paradox to me, which is why I'm so interested. <laughs> you know, you're working less, you're producing the same and you're getting paid the same. Um, what, what do you think the appetite for this type of thing is in New Zealand and in internationally? Yeah, um, it depends who you ask that question. That question to. Um, so um, there's there's people that I've talked to as as individuals that are very enthusiastic about it. That they see uh, perhaps the time during COVID, they sort of reevaluated some of their life choices, how life and work fitted fitted together. And there's some very strong research that says that this. Um, happen for many, many people, and and therefore they have an appetite for thinking differently about their combination of their work life and their their wider life. Yeah. So lots of lots of demand in in the workplace from 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 employees for sure. Um, and I mean, on that, in fact. I hear from recruiters that it's the question that every single candidate asks okay. them at the moment is what is your policy around hybrid or flexible working? Right. Every single candidate asks that. So you have that, you have that. In turn, you know, for, for, for employers and organisations, I've heard some very, very different things. I've heard organisations that have said, 
um, that the way we changed to working during COVID worked for us so well yep. that we're going to continue doing doing it. Okay. Um, and on the other hand, I've heard from other employers that said, we, we moved to hybrid working during COVID. It did not work for us. And we're definitely bringing everybody back to the workplace. We're turning the clock back to January 2020 and going back to there. Okay. So quite a range of views out there quite a range of experiences so i guess this is this is um this is something that's quite industry specific isn't it so you're not going to be able to close a restaurant three days a week and you know get away with it or, or a, a retail store so are we talking about specific types of industries where this will really work as opposed to other areas that won't yeah well i think this is why we've ended up with this whole variety of terms actually when talking about what we're calling the dynamic workplace because um hybrid working most often refers to what office workers or knowledge workers are, are doing. So whereby um, they work perhaps, and what we're seeing now is typically it's got a two days, two days at home, three days in the office or, or the, the, the other way around. Um, but certainly in terms of for some organisations, they're wrestling with the, the, the challenge of some of our workers can work two days on, three days, three days um, off-site, um, but others can't. Retail being an absolute exa example of that. Yeah. Um, but those organisations are, are starting to recognise that, that um, with the shortage of, of talent in the workforce that they really need to think about, well, how are we going to make sure that our in-store workers mm -hmm. now don't start to think about, well, I want to work hybrid, so maybe I want to work in an office in, in our organisation or, or elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so, again, they're starting to think about working patterns uh, beyond beyond their office workers okay. to work, move, in, move into retail. Right. So... Um, it's not necessarily about um, taking the work home because clearly you, clearly you can't know things, but it may be about thinking about the hours that people work, the days that people work, um, and that's that's why we end up with this variety of terms. Fair enough. Now, is our culture one, though, that will mean if I get four days work and three days off, I'm just going to spend that extra day off working anyway because, you know, there's a... The, <laughs> I mean, the, the incoming doesn't stop. How do we stop the incoming to allow for that extra extra space? I mean, this is a real challenge for me. Oh, absolutely, Michael. And, and so many people say exactly what you're saying, yep. which is that, um, you know, really, um, if I move if I move to working less days or shorter hours, I'm still always, always on. Yep. And, and that really goes to that whole part of like, well, let's really plan how we do work and why we do work and what are the things we're going to do? What sort of protocols are we going to use okay. um, with our teammates and colleagues and within our organisations that um, recognise that um, we have to balance productivity and well-being because if we just drive for the productivity outcomes that come from people working all hours, there's going to be a cost in terms of well well-being most likely down the track. So um, there's there's those things. There's also some really interesting things that you start to be able to do with tech as well, okay. which which can help people to manage that. Yeah. So Brilliant. you would have things such as, um, you know, perhaps having some protocols or just yourself starting to use the example of um, delaying when you send emails. So you, you can set your email to send at eight in the morning instead of then and there as you press the button at uh, whatever time at night you've been working to, Michael. I hate to think. <laughs> <laughs> Same with you, John. Same with you. Yes. Okay, good. So th there's, um, is this the movement away finally from industrialization? Is, uh, is this what this is all about? Are we, are we finally saying that is an old model that no longer serves us and we need a new model? 
Um, yeah, I, I think you quite, quite possibly could write. I think we could quite possibly be at that sort of point where perhaps in 10 years' time, we look back and we say 2020 saw a real paradigm shift in, term, in terms of work and um, the way in which work, work is viewed. Because by that point, we'll be able to have seen which of the trends that are shooting up at the moment are the ones that survived and flourished and yes. worked, and which are the ones that really didn't work for, for whatever reason. The world is moving to an expectation from a consumer perspective of 24-7, seven-day-a-week service. How do we marry that with a workforce dropping down to four days a week? Oh, yes, you do like to ask the tough questions, <laughs> don't you? Um, yeah, I mean, again, um, with, with that, I mean, we start we start to think about, well, in terms of the time and the place that it is done, uh, clearly there's work there's work that can be done when when you're not in, in Auckland that works to, to Auckland time zones. You can have people that are working um, overseas to service um, and you have the way in which technology can be used to help us again in order to maintain that sort of customer service. Um, so the, the, the technology is there to enable us to do mm. these things. It's about finding out which is the pieces that are going to work and what is it that our customers actually really need? What is it that they really value? And not necessarily just doing something because um, we're now able to. It's yeah. about what is it that really, really makes the difference. Okay, so you're almost talking about the promise of technology. When we, you know, when really this technology boom began, it was that technology would give us more leisure time as human beings. <laughs> and I think we all realise that's the complete you know, reverse. I mean, I'm 24 seven attached to my phone. I can get emails and phone calls anytime. So you'd really have to have a discipline around this. And I'm just wondering from an employer perspective, from a business owner perspective, you know, not being able to contact my staff certain days, there's there's some pitfalls I see in this. And I guess that's what this trial is about. Are they, yeah. are they going to cross all of these type of issues? I mean, one of the things that has come out absolutely consistently throughout all these all these sort of studies is about the importance of managerial skills okay. about making it happen and and with that you know usually it's about, with any of these things it's about the example coming from the top and the way in which top teams work and then middle managers work and then the way that way where that flows through amongst peers so um that that's why it's not one simple solution about okay. the tech just resolves this we resolve this by changing the working hours it's a whole culture shift within organisations and a whole piece about let's think about all the moving parts here about the tech part which, which I spent a bit talking about there yes. about the place the place of work whether how many days it's in about the type of job how that can be done about the um, and fundamentally then about managerial skills to make that happen and the interpersonal skills that are needed great and so we're also talking about outcome focused work not hours at the desk focused work which is you know, it, it sounds like heresy, but it's probably the way that we all wanted to go. But we've still got this conditioning, John, that, you know, as a man, if I don't get into the office <laughs> nine to five, five days a week, I'm, I'm not working. I'm, you know, there, there's a whole there's a whole cultural paradigm we have to shift here. Yes. So yeah. how long do you think something like a dynamic workplace would take to be an accepted and respected practice in a country like New Zealand? 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think in terms of the dynamic workplace, it, it's an ongoing journey that once once you once you've got on it, you're going to keep refining the model and and making changes changes as you go. Yeah. It's not like a one off switch. Like, oh, we're now a dynamic workforce. We claim our accreditation and put a put a certificate <laughs> on the wall. It's going to, it's going to be very much about okay. What we're really committed to doing is working in a different way to be more productive and not being afraid to challenge the ways that we've done things in the past. To to make sure we get the benefits, but always being clear about what are the benefits we're looking to accrue and, and measuring them. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. So now one of the things I know people are struggling with, we hear this all the time from our members, is staff attraction, staff retention. So if I was an early adopter of a, of a four-day work week or even a dynamic workplace uh, philosophy, how much do you think that would help me attract top staff in this current environment? Well, it's it's really really interesting interesting question around that because um, what we what what I hear from every single recruitment manager bears out what the surveys show. Um, in fact, uh, which it, which is very much about it's 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 something that candidates will ask for. Um, in the last week, I've read a couple of surveys. One put it as third most important around okay. what your policy was around flexible working, hybrid working. In fact, I just read Randstad survey, which said it was the number one thing for many potential employees was about the flexible working or for hybrid working. Um, So, you know, in terms terms of attraction right now, you want to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing, that you're very clear about it and what it is, because that that will do two things. One, if if you've adopted a sort of dynamic workplace approach and adopted some new ways of working, you want to advertise clearly what they are, because then your candidates will know that's what they're coming up to. You'll save time about those questions. If, say, you've decided not to, for whatever reason, you've decided that it's best that we go back to the way we were working or keep a more traditional sort of, sort of workplace, say that, because otherwise you're going to progress candidates through your recruitment process and then find out that they don't want to work there because, because hybrid is the way they wanted to go. So really, really, really important. Um, in fact, when you look at where a lot of the first research was was done about that, what was called the Great Resignation in the States, McKinsey found that for people that had left during, during their work workplace during during uh, COVID, um, it was the number one thing that right. they were asking for. So we're just seeing that trail around 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 recruitment. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get to the real business though. Yes. Does this mean every weekend I'm going to get long weekend traffic? Is that what we're moving to, John? Because as an Aucklander, I really don't want that. Ah, the, the big, the big traffic question. Really getting to the, to the, the heart of the stuff here in terms of your interests. Well, look, you know what, what, what I've definitely noticed in terms of, in terms of traffic flows around around Auckland is the way in which they've they've changed. Um, you know, and I, I talk to people a bit about this, and you know, just on that anecdotal level, people tell me that Wednesday is the day that traffic is terrible. So I've now got people that say I'm not going to go to work on Wednesday because that's the worst day of the week okay. and there is the peak day when with, with people working three days in or two days in so um what we're starting to see is is that kind of, it, it, the, the traffic being spread out more yeah. um that certainly seems to be what the the demographic data says says around around that um and um but you will find that perhaps uh it's it's a little less predictable than you used to you certainly used to know that it was you didn't if you didn't leave Auckland by two on a Friday you weren't going to let worth leaving till Saturday morning <laughs> okay, great. Now, there's a couple of other things that, you know, triggered. One is um, sustainability and emissions. And all of that is actually, you know, a big, big deal right now. And if we talk 
um, a chunk of the workforce, whatever proportion that is, that can do a dynamic sort yeah. of work approach, or even just working from home, even just the, the hybrid, we're probably reducing a lot of, of the sustainability issues that we're facing, um, particularly around the city centre. And we, we have a, a, a tourism and sort of hospitality industry that, that's struggling. And, and you know, we feel, we feel the pain. Still, still breaks my heart walking past, past old restaurants I used to go to shut down, possibly never to come back again. So do you think a three-day weekend or a, even just people going out for lunch because they're working from home at a local restaurant, do you think that could stimulate some of those industries to come back? Well, I, cer- I certainly think that, you, that certainly what I'm hearing is that some um, more uh, city fringe sort of areas um, that you find that cafes are more heavily populated during during the week. So that okay. the city centre, the traditional city centre, definitely taking a hit, yes. which is which is really unfortunate. But what we're seeing is. Um, people using those those facilities that are local to them. Right. So you've got the twin benefits in a way there, you could say, around, around in terms of emissions and so forth. So they're walking to their local cafe. Uh, you've got the fact they've probably got the well-being benefit that they're, they're doing that. But you know, most people at some point want some interaction with with other people. Yes. If they're not going to the office, going and meeting a colleague uh, for lunch or or for a coffee at a nearby okay. nearby cafe is is the way that they're making things work. So, Brilliant. um, those those sort of things are going on. They're just happening in different places at different times. I suspect. Okay. <laughs> so look, I've just got a couple more questions, and we can wrap up. But yes. essentially, um, for someone who wants to know more. And, you know, I'm an empirical data guy. I want to see some data. (laughs) How long do I have to wait till I see if this this type of approach works and what sort of industries? Like when this this UK trial, when are they going to release the data and where can I go if I want to find out more? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's really, really good. Uh, Really good questions. And I would always say, drive to drive to the data around that because um, there's lots of stories and uh, around what happens but the four-day work week has been really good in terms of its website that it keeps up to date with regular regular information so you can monitor the progress and really what I'd encourage people to do is say this is never going to be a one-size-fits-all you've got to look at the data and think about the demographics of your customer base think about the demographics of your um, workforce at the moment and and from that you need to work through to your own conclusions now that's the sort of thing that you know we find that we're starting to help members with uh, uh, whereby they're starting to say well what information is there what's relevant for my for my industry and and my location but fundamentally taking that data-driven approach that's very specific so drilling down to the questions that are most relevant for you okay brilliant john and my last question because i like to leave in a bit of controversy (laughs) could this go horribly wrong Ah, could it? Could this? Could this? You know, yes. go really badly? Could we slip backwards in, in as far as GDP? Okay, so not only is the glass half empty, <laughs> we could be thrown the glass out and I'll it's broken. The glass, John, and it. It's all gone horribly wrong. <laughs> what do you um, think? Yeah, add, oh, with, with any change like this, there, there's, there's certainly are there certainly are risks. I don't think we're talking about things going horribly wrong in that sense that we joke about there, but there, there certainly are huge risks in yes. terms of um, not not being able to deliver to what what you set out to achieve to people slipping back into old habits and any time that there's 
always change. There's always people that will be at different stages of, of their life and uh, of their commitment to it. So, okay. um, the, you know, it really, Michael, it comes back to that thing about let's make sure we're very clear about the benefits we're driving towards. Let's get clear about what are the things that we think are going to drive towards that. And, and then we can measure progress and fine tune as we go along the way. Fair enough. But what I did hear from you, John, is that this is happening right now. Um, you, you, are, you can ignore it or you can um, look at it. It's something we, that we should consider because none, everything's got to be on the table, particularly in this, this new way of, of thinking and working, and that there are tangible benefits for, for both staff. And if productivity maintains or increases, then for the employer as well. And what I do know is that there is a change have been demanded from from people looking for work and that this is something that could potentially be what makes you stand out above the crowd but i think there's a fair bit more water that needs to go under the bridge but are you you've been in hr for a long time is this the most exciting thing that is, that's happened in in HR? Well, um, I, I think it's one of those times where you could you could really take the view that it's an absolutely ideal time to be in HR because you have that opportunity to really experiment and make a difference and really make sure that what you do adds value to your organisation. Great, so, John. Very exciting time for Look, HR. I really appreciate <laughs> your time. Thank you so much. And I think we have to focus on the future of business is changing. Who knows what it's going to be, but the concept of a dynamic workforce where it's output focused and not hours focused, where, you know, if you have the potential to open seven days, you could employ a four day a week and then a three day a week workforce and operate 24 seven, but you just would get, you know, real benefits of more home time. And that there seems to be a whole lot in it. And I'm really excited about it. And I'd probably like to invite you back um, in the future, maybe in four to six months on this topic and see where we're at, John, if you're, if you're open to that. I think it'd be a great time frame to look at this one. I'd look forward to the challenging questions again, Michael. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, John. And look, for all our members out there, when we get some data on this trial in the UK or even anything from the movement of four-day week, um, which is actually based largely in New Zealand, we, we'll release it to you. And we're, we're impartial. We just want to do the best for business, the best for employees and help business succeed. So this is why we're here and we hope you enjoyed the podcast.